This is the WHL This Week Radio Edition, presented by the Western Hockey League, the WHL Broadcast Partners, and Bauer Hockey. Here's your host, John Keane. And welcome to a brand new season, and welcome back to the fans. Yes, it's been a while since fans have been around WHL rinks. It's WHL This Week Radio Edition. will get you all set up for the 2021-22 WHL opening weekend. Commissioner Ron Robison set to kick off our season opening episode. He'll set the stage for the year ahead. Meanwhile, the league will see seven new rule changes this season. We'll get a breakdown of what to expect for fans from WHL's Vice President of Hockey, Richard Dirksen, and some news and notes later on in the show. First up, WHL this week kicks off with Commissioner Ron Robison as we get the 2021-22 season underway. Uh, Commissioner Robison is our guest. Ron, first of all, it's it's got to be great to be back, but I think what everyone's looking forward to is getting back in the rink, and that's uh, been a long time coming here for the WHL. It certainly has. There's no question. Uh, 568 days since our fans were allowed to attend a regular season game, and uh, we are really excited to get going. We want to get a full 68-game regular season in along with four rounds of playoffs and, of course, uh, culminating with the Memorial Cup. There's been some changes this year, particularly for players, staff, uh, and fans uh, with the vaccine uh, policy. How has that been received so far? It's been received very well. Uh, we went out to our teams, uh, including all of our players, uh, early on and said we want to uh, have everyone vaccinated, strongly recommended that we ultimately went to a mandated policy. But in the voluntary sense, we had over 95% uh, compliance uh, with the players and staff. And then we have now achieved the 100% level of all players and staff in the league, uh, fully vaccinated, and, and we're, uh, we're delighted to be in that position. It's the right thing to do, of course, uh, from a health and safety standpoint. That's probably the biggest change from last year's developmental season uh, is the vaccine. But all in all, you pulled that off uh, through a pandemic uh, with the uh, 22 teams here. Uh, what was your take on how that developmental season went last year, Ron? Well, we were uh, very fortunate. Our ownership was very committed to making this happen. Uh, we wanted to make sure that the players didn't face the situation where they didn't have any competition and uh, continue with the ability to continue their development within the league. And so the um, the shortened season, the development season, we referred to it as, uh, has uh, really accomplished that, I think. And uh, fortunately now we're in a position where we're opening and, and hopeful that we're going to have a full season this year for these players as their development is the first responsibility for the league. You know, with the fans coming back, it comes back, you know, at a good time. We have a ton of talent, not only uh, NHL drafted talent, but draft eligible talent here. Uh, It's looking like a good couple of years ahead here, at least for the WHL on that front. Well, the NA, of course, the WHL has been always referred to as a leading supplier to the National Hockey League. And when you look at this past year's draft, we we had more players selected this year than on any other uh, league or country in the world, and that's really quite a remarkable achievement unto itself. But we're really excited about the 22 and the 23, the next two drafts, where we've got some tremendous prospects, and uh, we're going to have a very dominant showing again. And in uh, particularly in 2023, where it could be what all people from all reports uh, indicating that we may have our best draft ever. Yeah, and, and some of those names highlighted uh, for that draft ahead? Yeah, we've got, of course, Connor Bedard, the Gianna Pats. We've got Braden Yeager and Moose Jaw and Riley Height and, 
and Prince George, just to name a few. There's many, many top prospects, and uh, uh, we're going to be very dominant in 2023. We're looking forward to uh, to seeing them develop this season along with our 22 uh, NHL prospects as well. You know, the WHL, uh, with the developmental season, allowed every team to carry an underager, if you will, a 15-year-old, uh, and, and they got that experience. And you mentioned those those players a second ago as well. Uh, Connor Bedard had that outstanding season as well as the other two. But you look at what that will do for the development of these players for their draft year. Was that a consideration when you made that move? Well, I think it was a consideration for all players, uh, whether you're talking about underage players or overage players, for that matter. All players really, uh, you could argue, at that age, really need to take that next step in their development. And uh, we just felt it was really important to deliver a season. And we're fortunate, uh, given the cooperation we received from our health authorities and all of our jurisdictions, that we're able to get that in. For years, uh, there was a uh, TV partnership deal uh, through Shaw, which was a really effective one, I thought, of uh, bringing uh, the players into living rooms and the league on that stage. Uh, There's a new TV deal this year. Let's talk about how that came together and your partners you're working with this season. Yeah, we're very excited at the national level. We have new broadcast partners uh, with the Canadian Hockey League. Uh, Both TSN and CBC will be broadcasting games this year. Uh, TSN doing the majority of the games in regular season and, of course, our special events at the national level, including Memorial Cup. But this year, we're going to be highlighted in the CBC broadcast, which will take place on Saturday afternoon. And and uh, this Saturday, we have the Regina Pats uh, uh, hosting the Prince Albert Raiders to get things started. So we're very excited about the national broadcast uh, opportunities. And, of course, our WHL Live continues to provide games uh, at a high quality uh, on an ongoing basis for our fans. And, uh, and this year, the uh, service uh, for WHL Live will even be further enhanced with some uh, major TV applications. All right, we're looking forward to that. Of course, it became such a, a big factor last year without fans being allowed uh, in the building. Uh, earlier this year in an exhibition game, the WHL breaking some barriers with Alex Clark, uh, a linesman uh, in the prairies there in Saskatchewan, who uh, lines the game first female official in WHL history. What does that say about Alex and the WHL? Well, for Alex, first of all, uh, congratulations on this opportunity. She's very much earned it. She's uh, played hockey at a very high level and then, of course, officiated at a high level, having just completed the Women's World Championships. And we're delighted that she's not only part of our staff, but has really uh, demonstrated to us that she's uh, a very good prospect coming into the league and someone that's going to have a real good career ahead of her. WHL Commissioner Ron Robison, it's been a long time coming. As you mentioned, 568 days or so here without fans in our building, and we're really looking forward here uh, to opening weekend. Thanks for kicking off our, our radio show again this season. Thanks very much. My pleasure. You're listening to the WHL This Week Radio Edition. The WHL will have an updated look on the ice. WHL's Vice President of Hockey, Richard Dirksen, broke down the rule changes this season. I will just give a brief overview of the uh, seven rules that we've adopted. And uh, if you break them down, we have uh, of the seven, four of them are rules that are currently used in the National Hockey League. Two are currently used in the International Ice Hockey Federation. And then the one rule was implemented from our end, uh, primarily for the safety of our players. So uh, in terms of the uh, NHL rules that we have adopted for this season, they include the offside plane, which I think is fairly straightforward. Any uh, player touching the blue line, but uh, the parallel plane straight up from there would now be uh, onside. We've adopted the uh, coach's challenge. So if a coach feels that a a goal was scored that perhaps was offside on the play, he is able to now challenge that uh, play. We have the uh, NHL rule 
where a puck is in continuous motion to the net. The referee loses sight and has an inadvertent quick whistle. Uh, the video goal judge can now review that and allow the goal if the puck clearly was going into the net through the course of that play. And then the final one is a very minor change. Uh, we have used no line change on icings behind the blue line for the past number of years. Uh, this year, we're going to accept uh, and use the full NHL rule. So any icing will now result in a no change by the team that iced the puck. The two rule changes from the International Ice Hockey Federation include the face-off violation. So rather than pitch a centerman, if there's been any uh, shenanigans on the face-off, the linesman will simply warn that team that they have their first warning. And if there's a second uh, delay to that team, it will result in an automatic bench minor to the club. And then likewise on the, uh, the crease violation, uh, we are going to use the same goal crease that the NHL uses. So rather than the complete semicircle we've had in the past, uh, the two wings are cut off on either side. You see them all in the NHL rinks, and we've used them in Calgary and Edmonton here in the Western Hockey League as well. But the rule that ties in with that is if a player is standing in the crease and won't move, the referee has the alternative to stop the play and take the face, face off outside the blue line. So you're penalizing the attacking team in that case. And then our seventh and final rule is basically for uh, safety of our players. And it just involves situations. Uh, if there's going to be a fight, if a player undoes his uh, chin strap prior to or during the fight, he will receive an automatic misconduct penalty. Likewise, if he intentionally tries to pull off the helmet or pry off the helmet of the opponent, he will receive uh, misconduct for that as well. So again, uh, obviously fighting is way down in our league. We're not uh, encouraging fighting, but if one does break out, we sure want to keep the helmets on the uh, players uh, during the course of the fight. The new icing rule, which will see all icing calls resulting in a no change by the team that iced the puck, now includes all icing calls, not just those from inside the blue line. WHL This Week asked Vice President of Hockey Richard Dirksen about how much of a change this will be this season. We did a study during the preseason, and approximately 75% of all uh, icings are from behind the blue line. So we're looking at a change of about 25%. Uh, if a team has, a, the average was about six icings per game. So we were looking at maybe one and a half uh, additional icings that would be no change when we get to regular season. So one or two per team per game. So really, we didn't think that was uh, an over, overly relevant factor in uh, not going ahead with it. The coach's challenge will be slightly different than the NHL rules based on accessibility to camera angles. We asked Director of Officiating Kevin Minch about the wrinkle the WHL will implement based on video accessibility. Good question, John. Um, obviously, we, uh, we discussed that at length when we started uh, bringing in the coach's challenge and how we're going to be uh, uh, limited to our camera angles and inside each building. So uh, that's why uh, the NHL doesn't have a, an outcome that's called inconclusive we had to. We know that there might be situations where the puck or the player skates aren't visible because of the camera angles that are available. So there will be situations where we're going to have a goal allowed and uh, no penalty assessed. We'll call it inconclusive. Uh, but we will be using all cameras available in each building for this challenge. We have no additional cameras uh, being inserted at the blue lines like the NHL has. Now, the WHL will have a female linesman this year. Alex Clark will be doing games in the Prairies. 
Well, Alex uh, certainly has earned herself a spot on the roster. We have uh, we have 18 new officials, as I mentioned, uh, nine referees, nine linesmen. All of them have been uh, scouted by uh, our department. All of them have been tracked in their development. And uh, Alex, as a female, has proven that she's uh, earned the right to be part of that group. Uh, she's extremely intelligent. Uh, she handles herself well. She's got great composure. She understands the pressure of the game. She's played at a high level. And uh, Alex is on the ice because uh, she deserves to be part of our team. In the week leading up to the new season, the Kelowna Rockets and Saskatoon Blades hooked up on a significant one-for-one trade, swapping 18-year-old forwards Colton Dock and Trevor Wong. Dock is a second-round NHL pick of the Chicago Blackhawks. Speaking to Kelowna Rockets broadcaster Regan Bartell after the deal was done, Dock says the two players are similar in their approach to the game. Yeah, he likes to score goals, I like to score goals, so I think, you know, that's, that's not going to change. That's not something, that's definitely not something you know, Kelowna's going to lose for, for sure. And Colton hoping to use this season to develop his game for the next level. For myself, as, a, as an 18-year-old coming in, I, I want to be able to have that all-around complete game. And I think that's something where if I want to play in, in the NHL one day, that's something I'm going to need to have. So that's one of the biggest things I'm going to be working on this this uh, this season and, and trying to be the best player I can be. The younger brother of Blackhawks first-rounder and Saskatoon Blades alumni Kirby Doc. Colton says they have similar attributes but different skill sets. Yeah, I think there's a lot of ways we are we are very similar. I think obviously like you touched on the the stature size and skating. I think we both protect protect pucks really well. I think we both got to use our stick to our advantage and having a longer stick. I think the biggest difference between him and I is he's more of a pass first guy. I'm a shoot first guy. This is the WHL this week presented by Bauer Hockey. Through the WHL's opening week, the Western Hockey League and all 17 Canadian markets join Canadians from coast to coast in recognizing and commemorating the legacy of residential schools in the days following the very first National Day of Truth and Reconciliation back on Thursday, September 30th. Now, throughout opening weekend of the 2021-22 regular season, WHL coaches, training staff, officials, and players will sport orange ribbons and the orange Every Child Matters helmet decals in honor of those impacted by residential schools. A moment of silence will be held during each WHL home opening game in Canada, giving pause for reflection on the legacy of the residential school system in Canada. The Every Child Matters logo will be visible throughout all 17 WHL venues in Western Canada. And as we wrap up this week, I wanted to send out a special message to longtime voice of the Medicine Hat Tigers, Bob Ridley. Now, Rids won't be in the broadcast booth for opening weekend as he undergoes medical treatment. Now, on behalf of the WHL broadcasters, I'd like to wish Rids all the best, and we are thinking of him. Get well soon, Rids. Hey, I'm John Keane. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the opening week, and welcome back to the fam. This has been a presentation of the Western Hockey League in cooperation with the WHL broadcast partners and Bauer Hockey.